Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oh, yeah, the NBA is back. I am excited to start handicapping this NBA regular season with you guys. I brought in the homie, David Troy, to help me break down the first two days of the NBA regular season. Well, I'm going to give out my best bets. I'm not going to break down every single game. But, uh, David, what's up? Thanks for connecting with me today. Yeah, I'm pumped up too, man. I'm excited the NBA is back. It's uh, always my favorite sport of the season. And I got to be honest, man, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting year. I think there's a lot of uh, good storylines going on in there and, and it should be, you know, it should be interesting. And I don't know that we're necessarily going to have like a clear cut champion. No, this is probably the most exciting the league has been in, in a few years because just about everyone comes into the season pretty healthy. At least everyone you wanted to see last year, there was yeah. no Jamal Murray. There was no Kawhi Leonard. Um, the whole Nets thing was in complete flux, but <laughs> it seems like all that stuff is pretty um, normalized, and and we're getting most of the teams at their full strength. I guess the Bucks are going to be missing Chris Middleton, and there's going to be random injuries here or there um, that will surface in the first couple games or factor into the first couple games. But I think mostly it's a great slate and we're getting some awesome NBA regular season action up front. Um, yeah. I'm mostly an NBA better. I know you are as well. If we just kind of do the NFL to keep the lights on, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I, I'm excited to be into the NBA season. I'm my, my confidence, frankly, is sky high. I, I feel like most of gamblers and like sports fans have to be excited about the NBA, especially coming off of that just dud of a Monday night football game. Like we keep getting just terrible uh, primetime NFL games. I hope that fans are excited. The NBA is here. If not, they're missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the NBA tips off again, Tuesday, October 18th, recording Tuesday morning. Um, the first game of the uh, the primetime doubleheader uh, in NBA's opening night is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers visiting the Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics. The Celtics are favored three, juices minus 115. Um, I'm on the Philadelphia 76ers here, and it's pretty much a power rankings play for me. Um, I, I will say the Philadelphia 76ers effectively own the Celtics in the regular season over the last, I don't know, three years. I think they're nine and two straight up and eight and three against the number, um, versus the Celtics. So this is typically a matchup that they, uh, they do well in. Um, also Boston's going to be without starting, um, center and defensive player of the year candidate, Robert Williams, the third, which obviously doesn't make a huge difference against Joel Embiid. Also, I'm just high on the Philadelphia 76ers, generally speaking, coming into this year. I think they're going to be the one seed in the East. I like them to win the Atlantic Division at plus 300. Um, And I think two of the main factors in this game that I'm focusing on is uh, the increased depth for the Philadelphia 76ers and how um, terribly the Boston Celtics play in crunch time. So... Um, last year, both teams, their um, bench points per game were in the bottom 10. Pretty sure Philly had the third worst and Boston had like the sixth worst points per game, both of which uh, try to address those concerns in the offseason. Celtics added Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari. The Philadelphia 76ers added P.J. Tucker, who's going to start. Um, but they also added Montrez Harrell excuse me, and De'Anthony Melton. Uh, both of which I think are going to be awesome off the bench for the Philadelphia 76ers. Boston already lost in the low Gallinari for the year, so their go-to um, relied upon six-man who or, or the six-man they were expecting to rely upon is no longer in the lineup. So I don't think Boston's depth is going to improve 
that much year over year. Um, but I do think Philly's depth improves year over year. I know Montrez Harrell, I think he was the sixth man of the year while playing for Doc Rivers, the Los Angeles Clippers. And in the minutes where they stagger, the Sixers stagger Harden and Bede, I think the Harden and Harrell pick and roll action is going to be pretty lethal. And again, I do really like DeAnthony Melton, his role on this team. And I just think Philly is a deeper team from top to bottom. I actually bet Philly plus four um, a few weeks ago and sprinkled on the money line at plus 175, but I'm still giving it out at plus three here um, as my first best bet in this podcast. What are your thoughts on that game? I actually think this is going to be the more entertaining game of the two for tonight. Um, You know, I, I, I literally just tweeted before this something about how basically for each team that's playing tonight, all four of them, how they can win the game or, or why they'll win the game, right? And I said, essentially for the, the 76ers, it's going to be because Robert Williams is out and indeed goes nuts. Harden looks like he's lost a little bit of weight, wants to prove people wrong. Those two are going to come out and basically all of their offseason additions click. Um, you're When you play right now, you're essentially having – four players on offense. P.J. Tucker is not going to want the ball much. He'll shoot his corner threes a few times each game. He'll get a bunch of rebounds. It'll do some of that dirty work. He's not going to be an offensive threat, which is what they really need right now um, is somebody to not be a threat. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. Because you got Maxi, who's going to score, and he's looking to score. You got Embiid, who needs the ball because he's your best player. And then you have Harden, who in the last year or so, he just – he looks different. Like he didn't, he didn't look like he was as confident shooting. Um, you know, it's been pretty well documented that he doesn't get to the line as much because of the new foul rules and things. So uh, I, I think a guy like Tucker being on the team actually helps them significantly. And that doesn't even talk about what you were just talking about with their bench depth and how much they've, you know, upgraded there. Um as far as the Celtics, uh, to me, the only way that they kind of win this one is Jalen Brown comes out and wants to prove that he should have never even been considered to be traded for for Kevin Durant. Uh, they want to prove that Udoka isn't the only reason that they were, you know, in the finals, and they want to show, you know, last year they lost the last game of the season. Now they want to win the first one of this year. So it's it's a little bit of motivation there. Um, but if you remember last year, the Celtics really sucked the first, like, few months of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't until probably like January that they became a good team. I mean, they, they were like 500, I think, for the first couple months of the season. They were 25 and 25. Yeah. 50. I mean, it, they, they were not very good. And then they won like an insane amount of their last set of games and turned it on, obviously, in the playoffs. They got a little lucky. But regardless, um, I think I'm with you on this one tonight. You, you know, you said – uh, Philly plus three. I've seen it all over the place today. It's gotten as low as I think two and then get, got pushed all the way back up to three. Um, it, the way that I see this though, is basically Philly either wins this game outright. So a money line bet, or they get like, they lose by like 15, 10, 15 points. Uh, I don't see it being a super close game. Um, so I think my, my side would be Philly on the money line overtaking the points. I hear you. I'm still trying to figure all that out, to be honest. And I've been betting on sports for 20 years. <laughs> I'm still trying yeah. to figure it out. Like, yeah. so I guess what I get at is I'm very, like if it's very simple logic, but it's hard to score points in professional sports. So if you're giving me the points, I'm going to take them. Yeah. It's typically how Absolutely. I look at it. Right. And like, yeah. I've won enough games in the NBA at plus one and a half where the team that I bet plus one and a half lost the game outright and covered like not a crazy amount of times, but like if you win three or four of those over the course of two or three years, they stick out in your head, right? You like remember those like, Holy shit, that half point actually worked. Right. So like, I know I, I agree with you logically, right? Like I sprinkled on the money line and, and took the, Philly plus points and if I was to take that now I would probably split the unit half on the points half on the on the on the money line but like if I were to gun to my head had to have to go one way or the other like I'm taking the points 
every time, right? Because yeah. there's a reason they're giving you points, right? And every yep. now and then they, you need those. They matter. Yeah, every now yep. and then they matter. So uh, also yep. like PJ Tucker, he's going to help out offensively and defensively. Like he's going to be a dog yep. on Jason Tatum. And his offensive rebounding was a factor for the Miami Heat last year. And everyone knows about the corner threes. He'll at least keep someone honest on defense. Mm-hmm. Like when he stands in the corner, you can't just leave him there. Right. right? Whereas, he can hit those shots. Right. Whereas thigh ball, it's like no one cares. Like stand wherever you want to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like no one cares for that guy. Um, yeah. So I do, I do think he adds to their offense. And I'm just high on Philly altogether. Like I think P.J. Tucker, his presence in the corner, Tobias Harris in the corners and open up driving lanes for particularly Tyrese Maxey, who, who could who could torch uh, Derek White because I do think Derek White's slated to start this game at shooting guard for the Boston Celtics. They're gonna have to put Marcus Smart on James Harden, right? You would think. I honestly, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe they will. I mean, I think it's gonna depend. But if you're looking at who's the more athletic player right now, it's got to be uh, for sure Maxey, right? Yeah. So maybe that is the reason that they put Smart on him, and then they put uh, Derek White on the somewhat slower Harden and maybe not as crafty. I mean, Derek White's an okay defender. He's not great, but if your goal is basically to say, hey, just go out there and you know contest his threes and kind of try and stay in front of him when he, while he's driving, we'll give you help, you'd rather have Smart on Maxi at this point. Um, and I imagine Al Horford is probably going to guard Joel Embiid for most of this game, uh, that's going to be a mismatch. I mean, yeah. Horford's good, and he he obviously makes a difference on the teams that he's on. But Embiid should be able to just roast this guy, and that doesn't mean to run out and put all your money on any kind of like over props for Embiid. I mean, they're I think they're pretty well listed right now at like I think he's twenty seven and a half for points, something like that. Oh, I would assume uh, to be thirty. I'll go right to that right now, actually, because I have a player. It's lower than thirty game. for sure. It is. Oh, I just lost it. Um, it's twenty six and a half, actually. Is it? Are you looking at? Yeah, it yeah. is twenty six and a half. Juice in the over. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I I'm with you. I wouldn't go under. over this total either. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But yeah, I was just gonna say I wouldn't play the under, but I, I, I think twenty six is probably pretty fair number so you're not getting much value here and that kind of goes back to uh, not to jump around too much but that kind of goes back to why I was saying the money line over the points um, sometimes I just kind of feel like if you're getting enough value on the money line with the plus money it, it might be worth it to take a shot on that over paying for the, the thing if you, if you really think they're going to win and you don't think that that's enough points in, in case that they lose which is what I think it's is possible. Like, I, if they lose, I think it's going to be by more than three points. Mm-hmm. But I think if they win, they're not going to need those three points anyways. Obviously, right. so that's why I'm saying the money line is a better bet in my book. Um, but you know, to each their own. I, I don't think that it's a bad play either. So, um, yeah. Well, the so other thing. No, it's all good. The other thing that I have in this game, I, I actually I do have a player prop. I'm going over James Harden, eighteen and a half points. I when it was on and off with this one. I was thinking about James Harden points, re- rebounds, assists at thirty three and a half, but I landed on points over, which is juiced to minus one thirty. I'd put more of a half unit on this because I prefer sides and player props personally. But he scored twenty points in thirteen of the twenty one regular season games he played for the Sixers last year. He's averaging twenty nine points per game in fourteen games versus Marcus Smart. Like they don't really like each other. And yeah. it's like a known kind of like a known thing. So I think Harden a like he's motivated to to show that he still has an MVP gear in him. He's going to be motivated by this being opening night. He's going to be motivated by playing against Marcus Smart, who just won Defensive Player of the Year. And I think all of the weapons that Philly has to work with, and the fact that James Harden is a very, very I mean not even above average. He's an elite distributor and playmaker. It's going to leave him with isolation spots against who you think would be Derek White. And if that's the case, like 
I love I love the point the point (laughs) prop here. Like I love that. Like if you're telling me he doesn't have Marcus Smart guarding him, beautiful, beautiful. Right. Um, and he's he's had 20 points in eight of his last 10 first games of the season. So it's a bit square, but I guess not. I mean, there's heavy juice on the over, so the market's anticipating the over. Um, and the last note that I have on this game, and I mentioned it off the top, but the Celtics really struggle in, in, in tight games and clutch games. Like they're, they were the, what the number two seed in the East last year, went to the East, uh, went to the NBA finals, but they were 13 and 22 straight up in clutch time. Now for any of those new NBA betters at home, clutch time is defined by games within a five point margin inside of five minutes to play. Boston had eight were ranked 26 in net rating in the clutch last year. Philly was 24 and 21 straight up with the 10th, best net rating and the reason by, uh, for that in my opinion is Boston lacks a true point guard that can get their wings quality looks in half court offense um, that is not the case for the Philadelphia 76ers especially this year with James Harden working as the, the point guard and also they were more effective in the clutch last year because their offense is a lot simpler go to James, go to Joel Embiid that easy yeah. right and like J- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, players that I do really, really like, they tend to settle for contested two pointers in half court offense. Whereas like Embiid will put his put his head down R two square, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like R two square, I'm trying to dunk it on you, and <laughs> and like that's effectively why one team's better in the clutch. So we have this effectively coin flip game, right? Two and a half, three points, whatever. With within two possessions, if it's going to be a, a tight game according to the market, then I'll take the better clutch team. So that's my full analysis on this game. Do you have anything else, or do you want to go to the second game real quick? Um, just a couple quick things. What you were talking about. One of those reasons for that clutch stuff, uh, the, or the lack of clutchness on on the Celtics, I think, is personally because they are so isolation heavy with uh, Tatum and Brown, both of them. Basically, it's like, okay, we'll take turns just giving each other the ball and hoping that you guys can either get close enough to the basket for a layup or, like you said, settle for those contested two-pointers that aren't really great shots. Uh, They just don't seem to work hard to get a good open look for somebody. So that is one thing. Uh, One comment on the the Harden play, and I'm not trying to squash this play either because I think it's probably likely to hit in this game. But um, it makes me think of all like, and this is more of a lesson, I guess, not, not trying to get a lecture for the listeners or something, but. No, no, give me I, your wisdom. I need to hear this. I start to look at the other things that correlate, right? So with with points, for example, and James Harden is threes, and I'm looking at his threes, and his under three is juiced to, or under two and a half, is juiced to minus 180, which would indicate that he's probably going to hit two threes, which then that equals six points. He's averaging about six free throws a game. So he's a really good free throw shooter. So I would assume that's 12 right there. So now you need him to get uh, four more baskets, four two-pointers in some way. And on the season last year, let me pull it up real quick. I forgot uh, how many he actually took last year. Um, but he, he's shooting less, which is would cause me typically for concern. But as you were mentioning um, – he, you know, he's being guarded potentially by Derek White or a guy who he doesn't like and wants to try and, you know, kind of prove himself against. So I think the play is good, but just for anybody out there, when you are looking at stuff, look at all those other information that, that the book's giving you about like what could potentially be happening. And that's one of the first places I try and look with point totals, especially for guards that, that are so, you know, heavy with three point shots. I mean, almost half of Harden's shots come from beyond the arc usually. So just something to consider. Dude, I love it. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and like I said, if you're following, full unit on the 76ers, half unit on the props. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. I, I personally, I don't think like the numbers show for me personally that uh, my game handicaps are much stronger than my player props. I actually got really, I got going in player props in the playoffs last year, but it's definitely a weak, the weaker part of my handicapping of the NBA. That's um, more, you know fluctuates a lot more i mean there's so much yeah that could happen you know yeah trouble anything i mean obviously they're smaller like 
Um, I don't know. I've had like a lot of half point, half stat losses, which isn't a big deal when you're looking at like assist rebounds, but it's stuff that is just like, again, you remember those kind of wins and losses and it's just like really annoying. Um, yeah, taking a bunch of half stat losses and player props, but I yep. mean, that's kind of the par for the course. Um, the second, the second headliner in tonight's uh, NBA opening night is the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Golden State Warriors. I truthfully don't have a ton on this, but I do have a super square parlay that you guys probably aren't going to be able to get down on. Um, I mean, I guess the the listeners that grab this as soon as it or listens as soon as it hits the feed will. But I took the New York Yankees money line and the Golden State Warriors money line at plus one fifteen. Um, for just common sense reasons, you know, like, uh-huh. I think both favorites win outright tonight, but don't want to lay it with either one of them. So just going to get that plus money payout. But how do you see this game breaking down? Yeah. So I actually really like that parlay because I think the, the Yankees win this game easily uh, tonight, but that's a whole nother sport. So, um, Lakers and golden state, uh, minus seven it, right now for the warriors two twenty four and a half and a half is the total. Yeah. So, it's in this one. I think that this could also be interesting. Again, I said in, in this, uh, yesterday it came out that the Warriors starters are likely to play around like 30 minutes cause they're not ready or something like that. According to Kerr, I think that's more him saying like, we're just going to take it easy to start this season because we came off the championship run, all that stuff. Cause there, there's no reason that they shouldn't be ready for this. Um, so that, that gives me a little pause on like a full game, play on the Warriors uh but the Lakers also just lost Schroeder um Westbrook is potentially out I just saw a notification that he's he went through the shoot around and is probable to play tonight um and then of course you got yesterday there were some uh updates about Anthony Davis's back and that potentially being still a lingering issue and you got LeBron who they had some sort of injury claim on, but you know, I, I'm trying to look past most of that. Um, and in this one, I, I think the Warriors probably come out a little bit hotter and a little bit more enthused. Obviously it's ring night and yeah, you might get pumped up if you're the Lakers and be like, no, we want to spoil their ring night. But you know, in reality, I don't, I don't think that matters that much here. Um, so I, in, in my or one of my client plays tonight is actually going to be Warriors first half minus three and a half. Um, and the, the main reason for that is um, my expectation is that the starters will probably play their regular minutes in the first half. Um, and then I fully, or I, I have no confidence whatsoever in the second string for the Lakers. I think they're going to be a really bad team. I think that even if the Warriors starters play a little bit less, you're still going to get some good points out of, um, their second unit versus the Warriors or the Lakers second unit. So that's why I'm playing it that way. I don't think that uh, the full game is a great look only because you're not really sure how, how deep they're going to play. If it's a close game, is Kerr going to end up taking his starters out because he said, you know, they're not going to play that many minutes or whatever. I think they kind of try and get a nice lead and then coast from there. So to me, not taking it. I really liked, um, the total a couple days ago and actually there are two plays in this game that i i really liked the one, first one was the total but we've already lost since it opened probably about six points but even um in the last day or so it's gone down i think another two or three points so i can't really give it out anymore 224 is getting pretty close to where it probably should be um and then there was a player prop on draymond green to go under seven and a half points. I loved it, but it's now at six and a half points and I don't like it as much. Uh, I think that one point does kind of make a difference. So for sure. Um, yeah. Seven yeah, to six matters. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I probably would still play the under on it, but to me, it's not as uh, appealing as it once was. So I'm, I'm going to just back off. Um, so a half unit, if anything. Yeah. If anything, but even then, I just, I probably wouldn't, won't get down on it. I just, I don't know. No, the, I, I, the point I, move is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think most of that's probably because of the minute restriction or whatever you want to call it, but I'm, I'm going to just probably back off. So 
that's my thoughts. First half, uh, Warriors minus three and a half is my play. Yeah, the uh, guy that I did the Eastern Conference preview podcast with last week, uh, also a Chicago dude, um, coincidentally, he had some sort of system or trend for opening night unders um, that mm-hmm. cashed around 60%. So I know he was looking at the Lakers, Warriors under. But like you was on it at two twenty seven. Now it's two twenty four and a half. I don't know what his official stance on that is, but I would assume he feels pretty similar to you. Or it's like like that at two twenty seven. Eh, two twenty four yeah. is about <laughs> where it should be. You know. Yeah. So yeah. same type of analysis. I just yeah. I mean my my handicap is pretty simple on this game, so I wouldn't have to speak about it or talk about it too much. But it's just like three of these Lakers starters wouldn't be starters on any other team. Like, it, yeah. I know it's very simple logic, but that's kind of what I like about basketball is you can sometimes use more simple logic to kind of get there, I think. But, like, Pat Beverly versus Steph Curry. Austin Reeves, who I like off the bench, versus Clay Thompson. Lonnie Walker versus Andre Wiggins. Like, these are the starting matchup line, uh, starting lineup matchups. It's like, I don't know. Like, maybe the Warriors only need these guys for 25 minutes. <laughs> Like, like if you take out Steph Curry and Dr- uh, Clay Thompson, just put Jordan Poole out there. He's by far the best ball, uh, best guard in this game, like by far and away. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it's a it's a lopsided matchup for the Warriors. I'm not going to take the points or lay the points because of a lot of stuff that you said. Frankly, it's kind of new to me. I didn't I didn't see Steve Kerr's announcement, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just taking the money line parlay with the Warriors and the Yankees. Again, most of you guys aren't going to benefit from that. So let's talk about some of the Thursday games or Wednesday games. Excuse me. That's a pretty much a full NBA slate. Um, I have a few plays in there. Do you have any play that you want to give out or want me to rip and run first? Uh, no, you go ahead and lead it off. I, I don't really have any, I definitely don't have an official for today on any of those, um, because I usually wait till the day of, because again, most of this stuff is client based and I want to try and get them the best number or the same number. And I very rarely will send it out in advance because of lineups and, you know, things that can change. What's up everyone. It's Nick Wright. And I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Understood. My first and favorite uh, best bet in the Wednesday slate is I'm taking the Toronto Raptors minus two and a half at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Cleveland is getting a ton of public money right now. According to VEASAN, the... Uh, 90% of the money at DraftKings is on the Cavaliers plus two and a half. Um, so the expression public dogs get slaughtered kind of works here. I do think there's a matchup edge that Toronto can exploit pretty easily here. Uh, Cleveland with point guard Darius Garland, who I I love, um, were actually had the fourth worst turnover percentage last year, surprisingly. I mean, he... A lot of the responsibility um, for bringing up the ball and just like the 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 handling Cleveland's offense falls on Darius Garland. I think it's going to be a little more difficult this year uh, early, early on for him to be like 
the true leader of the offense because they got to work in Donovan Mitchell, who's going to want his usage. So I think the turnover percentage could actually go up offensively for Cleveland in the first couple of weeks before they kind of figure things out. Toronto had the highest defensive turnover rate in the league last year. Nick Nurse is just an absolute animal at devising uh, or, or coming up with defensive schemes. So I do think Toronto is going to be able to force Cleveland into some turnovers, get some easy buckets on the other side. Also, I you may think this is crazy. I'm looking forward to hearing your opinion on this. I actually don't think Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. are big of that big of a difference between Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Like I like Fred Van Vliet, and I think I think Gary Trent is going to bang some threes this game, especially with Donovan Mitchell, who's just not against Donovan Mitchell, who's not a good defender. You know. Sure. Yeah, I could. I. I mean, if you told me which backcourt would I rather have, I'd, I'd take Cleveland's probably without thinking about it very much. But uh, I agree. But I can like, see what you're saying. And a, and a heads up, I'm like, all right, like if, given what all what else t- Toronto has, like I'm okay with those those uh, that backcourt because I think there's a bigger mismatch with the Cavaliers at wing versus the Raptors at wing. Like, who are they going to have to defend Scotty Barnes or to defend Pascal Siakam? I think, like, Jared Allen, phenomenal rim protector, phenomenal mm-hmm. rebounder. But right now, he's the starting center against Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam handled the ball more, right? Like, he actually played more of, like, a point center, point forward, um, because they actually like Fred Van Vliet to space the floor and, and, and take more catch-and-shoot threes. So, I think... Pascal Siakam is going to spread out Cleveland's defense. And I think pulling Jared Allen away from the basket automatically makes Cleveland's defense a lot worse. Um, so I'm on, I'm on the Raptors. Also the Raptors played most of last year without a true home court advantage. You know, Toronto and, and Canada was still dealing with COVID uh, protocols and, they had several games without any fans in attendance, a lot with reduced fan attendance. Um, and Toronto is known for having one of the better home court advantages in the league. So I think that surfaces and plays a factor in tonight's, or excuse me, Wednesday's game as well. So I like the Raptors minus two and a half for all those reasons. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I haven't uh, capped as much, but uh, I like your reasoning for it, for sure. Um, have you heard anything about, like, any kind of COVID restrictions or requirements or anything? I mean, I know baseball this year, like, players couldn't play at the Blue Jays because they weren't vaccinated. The Is last I heard, Canada lifted all COVID stuff. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. interesting. Okay. So, so like, Kyrie I mean, will difference. be able to play in Canada now. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean... I, I do think this is probably – this is one of those games where I, I kind of want to see the teams before I start betting on them. Um, Toronto, you kind of know what you're going to get. But Cleveland, I think you're probably right. It's going to take a little while to gel. It's not like you just added some random shooter in here. You, I mean, you got a, a pretty good scoring player coming in who's going to need the ball. And, uh, you know, Darius Garland, did he finish the season – playing or was he injured i can't remember he dealt with a lot of injuries on the stretch but he yeah he did finish he did okay the play in all right so i mean I, you know it's one of those things where uh it to me it, it's probably better to watch this one and and see how cleveland looks um but i think you're right on the money in terms of going with toronto and your reasoning uh yeah. because they are at home that's already one thing they're the more cohesive team already you're right about Siakam being able to space the floor a little bit, but the only thing there too is you still got Mobley, who is a really good rim protector too. Mm-hmm. So even if even if one of them has to go out, the other one can kind of guard the the net. Um, the expectations are really high for Cleveland too. So right now, I think you're probably getting a pretty good value on Toronto and everything. So I'd go for it. Yeah, yeah, to that point, like everyone kind of expects Cleveland to be a contender in the Eastern Conference, and they could get there. And I think people mostly expect Toronto to be a play-in team. And just mm-hmm. frankly, I disagree. Like I think Nick Nurse and and Pascal Siakam um, are good enough to keep that team out of the play-in. Uh, that's my personal projection. I don't have a lot of money on that uh, as like for a future. Um, and I, 
this might be kind of controversial. I, I do think Donovan Mitchell was formerly West Coast Trey Young. Now he's <laughs> Cleveland Trey Young, right? Uh, he's an absolute yeah. dud defensively. I can see it. So, yeah. Um, my next game that I'm looking at here on Wednesdays just stacked NBA slate. Yeah, um, a ton of games. Yeah, rematch of the second round series between the Mavericks and the Suns. Mavericks are favored four and a half. Uh, Suns are Suns, Suns are, are favored. favored four and a half. Mavericks are getting eighty percent of the money right now in DraftKings. I'm taking the Suns. I'll lay the four and a half points. It's just the quintessential revenge spot. Like it's the most obvious revenge spot ever. And I do think Chris Paul is a spiteful little shit and is going to be looking <laughs> to get regular season revenge on a Mavericks team that's struggled out the gate um, in recent seasons. You know, last year you can kind of write that off as this Jason Kidd is the new head coach. They needed to kind of figure out the the his scheme and all that, which is fair. Um, but the Suns really peed down their leg last year against the Mavericks. I don't think anyone thinks the Mavericks were a better team. It's just they end up winning the game, uh, winning that series, and Luka Doncic just destroyed Phoenix. I mean, Luka Doncic is probably going to have – he's almost guaranteed to have a sick game this game, right? But I do think the Suns are under underrated coming into the season. Um, and just from a roster matchup standpoint, match up very favorably against Dallas. So – I'm willing to to listen to Dallas in a seven-game series versus Phoenix if they were to run it back, could give them trouble or even win it again. But I think just in just a regular season game, I'm willing to lay the points with Phoenix, especially because 80% of the money is on Dallas, and it's for the obvious reasons, right? They just embarrass Phoenix in game seven um, in, in their playoff matchup. Phoenix lost to an Australian team, I think, in the preseason, right? They did. So I think a lot of people are still kind of like, I think that's a little bit of confirmation bias for people being like, you know what, this Phoenix thing is this broken, right? And the other thing is, I actually was anti-Phoenix for most of the season. Um, and in the playoffs, I didn't think, I actually didn't think they should have been as big of a favorite as they were. But everyone disagreed. And I think a lot of people had a lot of money on Phoenix, so, like, my thought is they're just mad at Phoenix still, like, for losing their money. So, yeah, um, that's why the Mavericks are very public side. So, I'm on the Phoenix Suns. What are your What are your thoughts about that game? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the quintessential revenge game, right? It, you just got knocked out of the playoffs in Game 7 at home, and not just knocked out, but, like, completely and utterly embarrassed on your own court. And now you get to have a rematch to start the season. The only way I could look in this one is the Suns. I am I am not there yet with you on the line, but I would take it uh, if I had to do it right now. Um, What's your buy price? Are you not there yet as in you still need to handicap it or you want the number to it, come down a little bit? Yeah, it's more about me me checking everything before I you know mm-hmm. just say for sure. Um, but you know just looking at the board, like this is one that stood out to me as like yeah that that makes sense because again like Dallas does tend to start a little bit slow they probably if you talk about who's going to care more in this game it's going to be the Suns yeah. I mean the Mavericks don't have anything to prove in this one they're not going to come out and be like oh it wasn't a fluke that we blew them out let's do it again no it, it just that's not going to happen yeah. um, so to me like it makes total sense to be on the Suns in this one. And I think the the money that you were talking about, the 80% of the money, that also makes sense that the Mavericks would be getting it because everybody's going to be like, oh, the Mavericks aren't the favorites here. We just, they just blew them out last time they played. Well, yeah, if you're a casual you know, fan and better, that, then yeah, that makes total sense to put money on them. But I, no, I think all signs point to Phoenix winning this one. They probably, they probably do it with relative ease. Um, they want to get off to a good start they want to get this going right they know what people are saying about them they want to put some of that distractions in the past and they definitely want to prove that you know that game was a fluke more than anything so i i'd be with you on that one all right i'm also leaning towards my new york knicks getting five and a half (laughs) points uh, visiting the grizzlies it's a lean because i'm biased and i wouldn't bet against the knicks so i don't really like giving out their plays but it's just a game that i wanted to 
kind of get your thoughts on. Uh, right now, there was more money on the Knicks, more tickets are on the Grizzlies, so pros favor Knicks, theoretically. Um, public favors the Grizzlies. I also just think, like, the Grizzlies, I, I don't want to say lucky, but I, I definitely think they're due for regression from last year's very fortunate 56-win uh, performance. I do think the Knicks got better this year, this offseason, adding Jalen Brunson. I expect um, R.J. Barrett to take a, a step forward and improvement year over year. And if Julius Randle can kind of just get his shit together, understand, like, and play better with the team, especially with a, a legit point guard running things. I feel like the Knicks can get closer to 500 this year. Um, I, I don't think enough is being made of just how terrible New York's backcourt was last year. Like it, it was egregiously bad. You know, like I know, like as a Knicks fan, their front office is doing a better job than recent front offices, and that's good and fine. And I'm not going to like crucify them, especially after Tom Thibodeau just won Coach of the Year two years ago. But going into the last season with Kendrick, or not Kendrick, Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier starting in the backcourt was terrible. And then when Derrick Rose got injured, it was like, oh, never mind. We don't really have a rotation ball handler. Like, we don't. Like, right. I like Emmanuel quickly. I think as, like, a backup, like, microwave scorer, like, I wouldn't hate him at, like, a crazy payout for six man of the year because, like, his role is just solidified. Just come in and just chuck, right? And if he has yep. 17, 18 points per game, hell, you never know what that looks like. But, like, in terms of a guy you're going to rely on night in, night out, no way, not last year. So, like, Julius Randle was epically bad, but he was – asked to do way too much and the thing that I noticed about his game which I think he could be doing more of this year his catch and shoot is actually sick the problem is he catches he tries to put the ball on the ground tries to create plays for others or try to beat his guy off the dribble and then throws a stupid turnover I think he's going to be catching and shooting more of the season I think his his shooting percentage is going to go up but it's also mostly a play against against the Grizzlies who made me a shit ton of money last year, but I I do think they're slightly overrated coming in this year. What are your general thoughts about that matchup? Yeah, um, to your point about Randall, last year basically he was asked to be a superstar when he's not. I mean, he's no. at best a star um, or an all-star if you want to. But He's a fringe all-star, a, but good player. Yeah. Like I, lo- right. I like Julius Randall. Yeah, but there's a huge difference. And if you're asking him to carry a team literally back to the playoffs, like he did it for the most part one year, but he, he was used differently. Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe he bought into it too much last year and tried too much, whatever. Yeah. Uh, to me, I don't want to touch this one necessarily because I want to see the Grizzlies play a little bit uh, without Jaron Jackson jr. I think that's going to make a difference. I actually think the Knicks could probably um, really control the boards tomorrow because of that. They got some height and, you know, we've we've talked about Steven Adams on the last podcast, but um, this is one where it it makes sense that the Knicks could actually steal this one. Um, I don't know that I would go with a money line bet on them or even take the points. Uh, so to me, I probably will lay off this. But um, you know, as much as I love the the Grizzlies and Morant, I, I think there's some things that I want to see from them before I start putting money on them. Fair enough. Late to the party. Late to the party. No, I got you. A little wait and see approach isn't bad, especially in these first games. I mean, yeah, it's an eighty-two game schedule you have all year, so right. it's all good. Uh, and not only that, it's not not just an eighty-two game schedule. I mean, it's like a two hundred day schedule because you know, for people like us who are betting on multiple teams over pretty much every day, mm-hmm. it's not just you know we're betting on one team every time they play a game. So. That's something people got to remember too. Is like you know, balance out your bankroll. That that management of it makes a huge difference. Yeah, like guys, I'm looking to bet like three or four games a night, so don't go nuts <laughs> right. on one game here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The last game that I'm I have to talk about, or I, I want to discuss, but if you have anything else cool, um, just because me and you are opposite here, so I'm taking the the, the Trailblazers. Uh, Again, I'm you know I'm kind of a nit, so I'd take the plus one and a half, but I'll take the money line of plus one hundred against the Kings. I just I just don't believe in the Kings, and I think the 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 Blazers are better in every single spot on the floor. I'm willing to give you 
DeMontis Sabonis is better than Jeremy Grant, but I, you know, over a couple beers, I'm willing to kind of argue over that. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I do not, I I don't actually it. believe that. Um, but I'm no. willing to say from like a production standpoint, okay, fine. Like that's a matchup yeah. that Sacramento could win, but like Damian Lillard, like I, I'm, I'm throwing out his 20 games last year. Like he's going to look more like the 27 point per game guy that he was the previous six years. And I think he's going to light Darren Fox's ass up. Like he, like he always does. Right. Yeah. I, I know this name is being brought up way too soon. Right. But it's just a name that I want to get out there for non-basketball nerds. And remember, I really like Nazir little. I think he's huh. a, as a very solid wing him and Josh Hart. Um, and I tuned to a lesser extent Jeremy Grant because I think he's going to be playing the four. He does give the Blazers an edge on the wing. Uh, Simons theoretically matches up beautifully, or not matches up, but partners up beautifully with Damian Lillard. Like on paper in my head, I didn't think it made sense, makes sense because both are more ISO scorers. But then I heard the Zach Lowe podcast, and apparently uh, Anthony Simons is shooting like 45% on catch and shoot threes. So if he's willing to do that, which I think he will be because supposedly like Damian Lillard is like one of the best leaders in the NBA, like people love playing with him. So I think he'll be okay to be more of Damian Lillard's Robin for the next like couple years, right? Before he, I'm sure he ideally would want to take that role eventually and maybe Mm -hmm. he can, but I do think that's going to be like a very, very good backcourt. Um, And just my power rankings are, the, I have the Blazers as the eight seed in the West. Um, don't have any money on that, and I have the Kings as a as like an eleven seed. So I'm willing to take it. That's where I'm at now. Yeah. So going back to your your play, I think in this case the points make more sense. I mean, you're paying five cents to get one and a half points versus the money line. Yeah. I, I think it probably makes more sense to take the points here. Um, I prefer the Kings. I like the Kings. Um, it's Mike Brown's first game as their coach. I think that sometimes does actually matter, uh, to teams that they try and get a win for their first coach or, or the, the coach's first win out of the way if they can. I mean, and this is a winnable game for the Kings. Um, the question I have right now is if Kevin Herter is going to play, I, he's listed as day to day right now. And then so is Keegan Murray. So I, I need some updates about this before um, I decide if I'm actually going to take the Kings, but I, I would probably lean towards them. Word. Even, huh? I said word. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I do like the Kings. I'm, I'm probably higher on them than, than most people are this season. Um, and I don't know if that's just my, you know, stupidity or something but well shit has to happen got, in the yeah, nba right they, like you need that yeah. you need to kind of stake some underdog somewhere or expect like breakout seasons so i don't hate the logic right i don't think mike brown is like some sort of fantastic coach but you know one of the huge problems for the kings was their defense and i think if he can get them into some defense decent schemes you could see some of these like close games or some of the ones where the Kings gave up big leads, like not happening as much. And so they should be at least a little bit better. So I, that that's kind of my reasoning. I want to see the lineups before I officially play that one. But again, if, if both starting lineups and you know, if everybody's in it, that's supposed to be in it, I probably am going to take the Kings minus one and a half. Okay. All right. Well, let me do a, re- a recap of my six podcast bets, bet, best bets. I'm going to track these all year. Um, so hopefully I can start off pretty pretty strongly. And you can give out a best bet and plug where people can find you afterwards. Um, yeah. But I'm taking the Philadelphia 76ers plus three. I'm laying two and a half. With, excuse me. I'm taking the 76 plus three. I'm taking over 18 and a half points of James Harden against the Celtics. I'm laying two and a half with the Toronto Raptors. Laying four and a half with the Phoenix Suns, um, grabbing a point and a half with the Trailblazers, and I'm doing it. I'm grabbing five and a half points with my New York Knicks. <laughs> I'm gonna put my okay. my money on it too. I, I am biased though. So where can people find you? And if you have a best bet, by all means. Yeah, so I, I think my best bet for today would be the Warriors first half minus three and a half. Um, and then you guys can find me at Future Prez 2024 on Twitter. 
And, um, you know, I do obviously articles for Outkick with you, Jeff, and then I have an NBA package uh, with beatenthebookie.com. So uh, futures and everything are still available. If you buy the 30-day package, you get the, uh, the futures with that um, for the next couple of days because after that, they're not going to really be posted anymore. So um, do you do in, sign up. Do you do in-season futures? I will. If there's something I find that's like good value. So, for example, last year I gave out uh, a play on John Morant plus like 60 to one or something like that. I think it was plus no 60 to one, not plus 61. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I gave that one out um, sometime during the season and that got all the way down to like, I think plus 800 or something. So to what? It obviously MVP? Didn't hit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, I, I will do it if I, if I see something. There was also a play that I gave out on uh, the Cavs. But honestly, you know, the, the whole thing to me is to try and just make money for people. Um, and that's that's what it's all about. I, I don't really care about anything other than that. I, I want to be right and I want to make money. And, you know, we do it together. But uh, I try and take care of clients and answer questions. And, you know, there's a lot of people who – They'll take my plays and then they'll email me and be like, "Hey, do you have, do you like this play or whatever?" And I'll I'll give you my honest response. So it's it's I mean a little more access to. So yeah, no, I really like the transparency of your operation there. Follow uh, David at Future Prez twenty twenty four and get his NBA packages at beatenthebookie.com. Um, please show this podcast Outkick Bets with me, your host Jeff Clark, some love on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, I'll publish these plays in written form in some way or the other over the next couple of days. And I'll probably connect with you guys um, or the, uh, the audience for an NBA podcast uh, later this week. Also look out for the uh, NFL week seven breakdown hitting your feed um, on Wednesday, maybe Thursday morning, trying to figure out the schedule. There's just so many sports right now. I'm I'm actually most excited about the CJ Cup and the PGA Tour. <laughs> I, I hit Keegan Bradley plus thirty five uh, plus thirty five hundred last week. Um, I love golf right now, so there's a lot of sports going on. But I'll, I'll come back to you guys uh, or come back with an NBA podcast for you guys this week, and definitely the NFL podcast. But uh, whether you fade or follow, us, best of luck, and uh, until next time, peace. Mm-hmm.